Well, this is a big week for this guy right here, right? The egg is taking center stage in many people's lives this week. Um, They'll be filling them for Easter extravaganza. They'll be decorating them for Easter. I remember my mom actually would um, put a pinhole in the end and blow out the, the yolk so that my dad would paint them. That's something we used to do. But we also used to, of course, color them, right? And then they'd be put in the Easter baskets. And to be honest with you, Easter Sunday would be the only day I would eat this egg. It'd be in my basket. I thought, eh, I colored it. It's hard-boiled. I might as well give it a shot. And I'd peel it, and I'd take one bite, and that was that. I was not a big egg guy when I was, in, uh, when I was a kid. I wanted the chocolate. Uh, but I'm telling you this because uh, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about the egg. Next week's going to be a little bit more uh, theological in depth. But this week is just very, very simple. Because I think the egg is, is just an amazing creation by God. Number one, it's amazing that it comes out of a chicken, right? Just think about that for a moment. That's like a miracle, right? This comes out of a chicken. And then when you think about the egg, what's also amazing is that inside this egg is a yolk, uh, is an egg white, and that has some kind of scientific name, but I'm just going to call it egg white, uh, and the membrane. But then it has this hard shell that kind of holds it all together, right? Keeps it all together. As important as the yolk and the egg white and the membrane are, without the shell, everything would just kind of fall all over the place. Now, I share this with you because we are finishing our series on Colossians this week. Colossians chapter 3. And so far, we've talked about how God wants us to put on um, compassion and kindness and humility, and gentleness, and patience. And last week we talked about forgiveness. And now this week Paul is going to kind of close this section with Colossians chapter 3, and this is verse 14. He says, And over all these virtues, so in other words, all these virtues are good, they're great, but there's one thing that overrides all of them. Over all of these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. So just like this eggshell, the love of God binds all of those things, all of those virtues, in perfect unity. So every time you see an egg, I want you to think about that. Think about God's love holding everything together. And just like we've done in the previous weeks, we're going to look at how Jesus wore it best And it's fitting because this is Palm Sunday. And so we're going to read about Palm Sunday. This is in Luke chapter 19, verses 28. I'll be reading this, verses 28. And I'll be going through uh, verse 44. You can follow along with me or you can uh, read on your phones or your Bibles or your tablets. But this is what's called the triumphal entry. It is Palm Sunday. It's what we're celebrating today by giving you the palms. And I think it's a great illustration of the love of Jesus. So, Luke chapter 19, verse 28. It says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. Why does this matter? Because, that's okay, honey, I'll tell you why it matters. Because Jesus knew what was going to happen in Jerusalem. He knew it was going to go down in Jerusalem. He knew that in Jerusalem he would be betrayed. He would be arrested. 
he would be beaten and he would be crucified. Now think about that. That's a lot. And Jesus didn't hesitate. Jesus didn't avoid going there. He went straight to Jerusalem. And why? Because he loved us. And he knew that he needed to die on the cross. He needed to pay the price for our sins because he loved us. Now let's keep going. It says, as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Tell him the Lord needs it. Now those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they replied, the Lord needs it. And they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along with people spread, as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, can you imagine that for just a moment? Let's stop here for a second. What's going through Jesus' mind? What is he thinking? What is he feeling? Because he knows that he's right now coming into Jerusalem and they're basically celebrating his arrival. They're throwing him a parade. They're praising God. But he knows in a very short period of time those voices are going to change. It's not going to be praising God. They're going to be yelling, crucify him, crucify him. That had to have been hard for Jesus to hear knowing what was going to happen. And yet, he didn't yell at him. He kept coming. And then he even says that in verse 39, some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. So now he's getting kind of taunted. And he's getting corrected by the Pharisees. And yet, he keeps coming. And Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. And as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, if you even you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. So here we see Jesus crying. He wept over the city of Jerusalem. Is he crying for himself? No. Is he crying because what he's going to go through? No. Let me share with you what's in my Bible. I've got these notes in blue here. It says that Jesus' tearful prediction of total destruction was fulfilled in AD 70 when the Romans crushed a Jewish revolt by raising the city in modern Jerusalem. Now, in modern Jerusalem, the Wailing Wall is one of the few places where some of the original stonework of Jerusalem can still be seen. So Jesus wasn't crying for himself. He was crying for the people because he knew it was going to happen to Jerusalem. Now, how does he do this? Because he loves us, right? And we've talked about this a lot. You walk into this building and you see a sign that says that we are here to love Jesus and love 
people and extend grace and pursue holiness because we believe that the love of God is what holds everything together. So we talk about how important it is for us to not only love God, but to love others with the love of God. Now, this is where I usually give you guys um, next steps, but I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. Um, Instead of giving you next steps, I simply just want to say thank you. And um, I'll explain. Some of you know this story. Some of you don't. It's been repeated, and uh, it'll be repeated again, I am sure. But I want to tell you why I'm saying thank you this morning. About seven months ago, I got a phone call at the church. A gentleman was in stage four of cancer, and he wanted to talk to a Methodist minister. I had no idea who this person was. I just knew he lived in Little Falls. I had his address, and so I went over to his house. And I met him, and uh, I met his girlfriend, and they obviously loved each other, and they were really struggling because uh, he had stage four cancer. But he had a lot of questions about God, and he wanted to know about more about God, and he wanted to know uh, if he had been good enough to go to heaven. And, you know, these are obviously the things you think about when you know that it's possible that death is around the corner. And so we talked, and we talked, and it was excellent. Uh, It was a great talk. They were great people. I loved them uh, right away. And at the end of the conversation, you know, I did the, the pastoral thing. I said, his name is Ed. I said, Ed, would you like to give your life to Jesus Christ? And he said, no. He said, um, I don't want to do it now because I don't want to feel like I'm just kind of scamming God. You know, I know this is an important decision. I I want to search things out. So I um, gave him some advice on what books to read, obviously the Bible. Um, I gave him a copy of the book of John. I suggested that he go and purchase the Bible. Um, It's called The Bible for Idiots and The Bible for Dummies. Uh, I said, don't take that personally. I said, but I have one of those books and it really helps me a lot. In fact, I had a lot of fun with people by taking that book. It's called The Bible for Idiots and putting it on my desk. And then they would come in for counseling and they'd see that and be like. (laughs) But it's a brilliant book. So he, man, so, so he went and he got all those books And I showed him some videos that he could watch on YouTube that are awesome at explaining the different books of the Bible. And so he started to pursue um, God. And here's the neat thing. That first day, I was able to say to him, Ed, you know, you're welcome. And Laura, you're welcome to come to church. We have three services. uh, Saturday night at 6, and um, Sunday at 8.30, and Sunday at 10.30. So you you are welcome, and, and you will be loved and the minute you walk through the door, this woman with big black hair is going to hug you. And <laughs> just being honest. And, um, and you will be accepted and, and you're, you know, you're invited. And so he started coming. And he came every Sunday. His health would allow him. Now, I'm saying thank you this morning because, folks, you don't realize how big of a deal that is. I was talking to a pastor the other day who had gone to a laundromat and uh, met somebody who was a little rough around the edges but needed Jesus. And this pastor said to me, I hesitated inviting them to my church because I didn't know how the people would receive this person. And I'm just so thankful to you guys. I had no hesitation to add to this church. No hesitation. Because I knew that the minute he walked in this building, he would be loved. And he would sense that. And he would be extended grace. So he could sit here 
and freely with God, freely with God, work things out. And he would see other people loving Jesus and loving him and pursuing holiness. Not just standing pat on where they were, but growing closer to God. So we kept seeing each other once a week. And uh, I hadn't asked him in a while. So on one of our visits, I said, hey, Ed, can I ask you a question? I said, um, have you given your life to Jesus Christ? He said, oh, yeah, I did that a long time ago. I said, That's, those are the kinds of things I like to know. Um, <laughs> what happened? He goes, well, I was in church one Sunday, and I, I, I don't know if he said we were singing a song. He said, but I looked up at this cross, and I said, you know, it's time. And Ed gave his life to Christ. And it was awesome. Because I said, well, have you been talking to God? He goes, yeah, all the time. I'm like, well, what is God saying to you? And this is, this is beautiful. He said, he's smiling. He's smiling. That was powerful. And so here is this man. He's fighting cancer. He's trying chemo. They're doing a whole bunch of things. But he had peace on his face. He had peace in his heart. And... Um, Things picked up pace really quickly, and the cancer got really, really bad. And Thursday night, uh, Ed passed away. And so his memorial service is going to be uh, this week. And it's going to be sad, of course, for the family. Uh, they're going to miss Ed. Ed is a great guy. But you know what? I get to stand here and look his family in the eye and say, Ed is home. No cancer. No pain. He's laughing. He has peace for eternity. He has joy. And why? Because Jesus Christ kept going, right? Because he loved us. He died on the cross. He paid the price for our sins. God got Ed's attention. God convicted Ed. Ed gave his life to Christ. And now Ed is home. So we give all the glory and we give all the praise to God, but I do want to thank all of you. I am so happy to be the pastor of a church that welcomes everybody. You have no idea how important that is. To know that we can invite anybody here to Oak Ridge, doesn't matter who they are, doesn't matter what they've done, they walk through that door, uh, they'll be loved. And they'll be given grace to figure things out with God, because God does the convicting, right? So thank you for being those people, and keep being those people, because there are more and more people in the community that don't know Jesus, and they need to know Jesus, because Jesus loves them, right? And he's trying to get their attention, and um, I'm just thankful that he's using Oak Ridge. All the glory and praise goes to God, but isn't it awesome that we get to be a part of that? So thank you. Thank you for creating that atmosphere where everybody is welcome. Everybody is here. It's a huge, huge blessing and praise God.